Libyans are still awaiting the final results of their historic elections this past weekend. Turnout was high, and for the most part, the mood was celebratory. But the reaction was more complex in one city, the city of Sirte. That's the hometown of Libya's dictator, Muammar Gaddafi, and it's also where he met his death. Marine Olivesi has the story. On the streets of Sirte, even the lampposts show dozens of bullet holes. Eight months after the final and possibly fiercest battle of the Libyan uprising, the scars of war are on display everywhere. You see heavily damaged buildings and gaping craters. This is the most destructive place in in Sirte. All kinds of weapons they used here. You see how it's destructed, horribly destructed. They just bombed everything they could. Faraz Drew is a resident of Sirte's infamous District No. 2, the last pocket of pro-Qaddafi resistance back in October. Gaddafi himself holed up here for weeks before his capture. And, uh, you know, with the two, the ID card and the voting card. This past weekend, Farage cast his ballot at a primary school marked by the impact of a few rockets. Farage hopes the district's participation in the elections can help wipe away the neighborhood's image as a pro-Qaddafi enclave. They consider us all Qaddafi people. Though we're not. We're Libyan, like them. But what to do? Some people like to put us in the basket of Gaddafi. Other residents of District Number 2 point out that most civilians had already fled by the time Gaddafi and his guards took refuge here. Amna Faraj Emter escaped to Tunisia with a newborn son months before fighting started in her hometown. Now she's running at the top of the Muslim Brotherhood Party's local list. Sirt turned from a fishing village to a modern city during Gaddafi's decades in power. Amna says some people here still feel unhappy about the end of the Gaddafi rule. But she says they'll come around once the new authorities deliver on their promises, starting with rebuilding Sirte, but nothing's happened yet. They want someone to fix this area. They want to see something not on this beach. Although they said we will rebuild Sirte, but there's no anything happen. A man who asked to be called Abu Ahmed squats in the shadow of the polling station. He produces his ink-colored finger with a smile, but says he voted half-heartedly. Abu Ahmed says he has no idea who he cast his ballot for. He just checked the box next to the first name on the list. He says he only voted because he didn't want to feel sidelined in the new Libya. Then he stops for a moment. He says he'd rather continue the conversation in the privacy of his home. We go to his place a few blocks away. Five minutes later, three armed men from the local militia knock on the door. The men say they saw me enter the house and just want to check that I'm fine. But Abu Ahmed tells me that's just a pretext. He's convinced they came to intimidate him so that he wouldn't speak his mind. Other residents say the militias were now running Sirte go well beyond threats. Some young men smoking on a stoop complain they've been harassed, beaten and randomly arrested simply because they belong to the Kadafa, the tribal group of Libya's former ruler. The men say they didn't vote. They don't feel safe going outside by themselves, so how could they feel safe enough to vote? They say whatever happens next, the newly elected assembly won't represent them. They say their candidates were banned from running because of their ties to the old regime. Then one of them says, all Libya is free, except for us. For The World, I'm Marine Olivesi, Sirte, 
Libya. Marine's report was supported by a fellowship from the French-American Foundation United States. You can see her photos of bullet-marked buildings and post-election Libya at theworld.org.